0: Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. Hello and welcome back to the show. Today, I haven't got one topic to talk about. This week, I posted on my Instagram stories a little question box and I've just come back from the International Lash Masters Conference on the weekend just gone and it was an amazing, amazing, amazing conference, by the way if you haven't already bought tickets yet for the Gold Coast one in March next year, please hurry and do that. They're going to be sold out. So just head to International Lash Masters Instagram. I think there's a link in their bio just to book the tickets. But get on that. I mean, who doesn't want a little all expenses paid by your business getaway to the Gold Coast? Yeah. Am I wrong? But anyway, I had so many different conversations with different people at the conference, and I had so many questions about what I should be talking about on the podcast. So I decided to pop a little question box up on my stories this week when I got back, and I was bombarded with questions, you know, content topics to talk about on this podcast. So I thought for today and for the next episode, I'm going to answer some of them because. A lot of them weren't, you know, detailed enough to form a whole podcast episode around. So, I will answer as many as I can um, in the time that I've got. So, they're going to be quite broad, like different topics, and I will read out the question and then I'll answer them as best as I can for you. So, I hope you enjoy today's episode and... Yeah, if you have anything you want me to speak about, don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram. My handle is at Lauren Lappen underscore. So the first question that I have here is gaining clients in a saturated area. There's 14 techs on my commercial strip. Okay, I don't like it when people say the industry is oversaturated. My town's oversaturated. My area, my commercial strip is saturated, oversaturated. I'm sorry if I offend you with this one, but it's true. If you feel that the market is oversaturated where you are, you're not doing enough to stand out from the crowd. I'm sorry. I'm just putting it out there. My area is saturated. There are plenty of different places for clients to go to have specialist lash and brow services you know, in the beginning, it wasn't always that way. But I feel that it's relative because when I started out, I was one person in my salon. I could only service a certain amount of clients each day, or each week. And I've added to my team over the years. And now, you know, I can have a bigger impact. I've, I can service a lot more clients in my salon because I have more staff. So I've needed to keep up with demand. You know, I need more clients to fill those beds. And as that's happened over the years, so has my competition. My competition's increased. So while I have increased my staff over the years, I've added to my team, we've gotten bigger and been able to service more and more clients. So has my competition. It's grown. So many more home salons have set up. So many other salons have opened up along the way. Some have gone as well. They've disappeared. But, you know, other ones have popped up along the way. Salons have niched down their offering to be exactly what I, I'm doing. You know, they might have started off as a full service salon and now they're offering just lashes and brows. Uh, so, my competition has definitely increased. One might say that my area is saturated. It doesn't matter. I've set myself apart I am consistent with my social media. I go above and beyond for my clients and I make sure that my team do as well. Last year, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram or you know, you're know, you an avid listener of the podcast, but last year I did a $200,000 refit and total rebrand of my business. So I spent I think about hundred dollars 175, 180k on a complete new fit out of my salon. We we gutted it and we moved to a temporary location for a month and then uh, reopened back in my usual premises with a completely new look and feel. It was a big, big investment, but it needed to happen. I'd been in that location for I think six years and I felt stale. A lot of my clients weren't feeling stale. They said, Why are you spending this money? Why are you doing this? You don't need to. Your salon's beautiful, blah, 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 blah. But I was getting sick of it. So, as soon as I get sick of it, you know, it's only a matter of time before my staff gets sick of it or my, you know, my clients get sick of it. So, standing out from the crowd, being different to everybody else. You know, in the beginning, I set my prices higher than anybody else in my local area, I was double the price. And people called me crazy. They thought that I I wouldn't be able to get clients at that price. But guess what? I could because my product was far superior to anybody else in my local area, far superior. I practiced photography. I got models in every chance that I could to do competition quality sets that I could photograph and film so that I would have content to post on socials for months or years to come. Let's be honest, I, I still use content back from way back when of those amazing sets that I used to do. I wanted to stand out from the crowd. I don't focus on what anybody else is doing. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I don't look at what other people in my local area are doing. I don't even know what salons are what. Some girls in on my team, you know, they'll be like, oh, blah, 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 lashes is doing this. And I'll be like, who's that? Never heard of them. Don't care. I don't care what their price is. I don't care that they've copied us, whatever. It doesn't matter. All I want to do is focus on myself and my own business and being the best and being better than what I was yesterday. Because really, at the end of the day, the only person you're competing against is yourself. You shouldn't be worried about what other people are doing. You know, as soon as you start to let those thoughts creep in of comparison, That, you know, there's other people in my local area doing this and that, and they copied me. And, you know, my local area is just so oversaturated. I don't know what to do. That's why I can't get clients. I'm sorry, but you need to examine what you're doing. You know, as soon as you start to have those defeatist style beliefs, you know, that can just really affect your mindset overall. And it's probably going to flow through into your content. You know, you'll just be posting for the sake of it or posting. A different photo to the salon down the road because you feel that they copied you or they keep doing things the same or whatever else. But you you need to stand out from the crowd. Think outside the box and you're not going to be able to do that if you're focused on what everybody else is doing around you. I'm sorry, I have to say it, but as soon as you adopt that mindset of, you know, there's too many other people around, that's why I'm not busy, you need to examine what you're doing and. Stop thinking about it, stop worrying about other people and focus on yourself. Focus on your own shit. One of my favorite sayings, focus on your own shit. When you do that, you will only grow and you'll stop having these problems or, you know, thoughts about other people. Okay, second question that I've got here is advice on how much should your salon rent or rates be versus your earnings. Now, I mean, for me, this is a no-brainer, but I can't really give you a ratio. I'm not some sort of financial planner or anything like that, but obviously, you need to choose a premises that you can afford. For example, I was working from home from the spare room of my house when I first decided to start my business. And... I just tracked how much money I, I was making, and I was making about between uh, one thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a week while I was working from home. So I used to work from like four till nine every night or afternoon and evening, so four pm to nine pm, and then I used to work Saturdays as well and some Sundays, and that's how much I would make. and And I wasn't charging very much back then. I think about sixty bucks an hour for for the work that I was doing, which. Um, I look back now and go, wow, that was really low. But I was at home and had very minimal overheads. So, when I was looking for a commercial premises to move my salon into, I was obviously looking for somewhere that I could comfortably afford. So, I was looking for places that were around $20,000 a year or under. And I think, I cannot do the maths right now, but my rent in my first building, which was a little 30-metre square shop, it was tiny. Um, I just had a little reception area, had a waxing room, and then I had a lash room. Um, it was very, very tiny. But that was about 300 a week, and then plus outgoings, which were about $2,000 a year. for. And I, I was in a centre, like a shopping centre. So, $300 a week. Versus between one thousand to fifteen hundred or twelve hundred to fifteen hundred a week, I knew that I could comfortably afford that rent. Yes, I could have gone higher. I probably should have, looking back. And I think I have spoken about this topic as well on the podcast. Because as soon as I went into my salon and I put all my prices up, you know, I was around the ninety dollars an hour mark, and I was fully booked. And I really, I had no doubts that I'd be fully booked. But I really didn't realize how quickly I'd need staff and I believe if I had of you know believed in myself a little bit more and taken a bigger leap and gotten a bigger premises I wouldn't have had to do the move 2 years in so yeah in 18 months I outgrew that little little shop it was very very small I got, I put a staff member on within 3 months of opening my salon doors because I was booked out 6 weeks in advance back to back I didn't even have 10 minutes to spare but I probably should have gone into a bigger shop, at least double the size to begin with and spent that little bit more money, but I was scared. And, you know, fear is something that holds us all back and really there's no reason to be scared. I should have believed in myself a lot more, but obviously when it comes down to it, you need to choose a premises that you can comfortably afford. I probably could have afforded a lot more. I probably could have spent 500 or 600 a week on a bigger salon. But I also had to keep in mind that I had to pay other bills as well. I had to pay for stock. I had to pay for electricity and things like that too. So, I didn't want to overextend myself in the beginning, but then I ended up spending more money moving two years in and going into a bigger shop then and refitting and things like that, which, you know, that fit out cost 50K. Um, So, perhaps if I just had invested a little bit more in myself in the beginning, I would have gone into a bigger shop, but I cannot tell you a, a specific ratio, you know, rent versus revenue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I would just advise you to uh, get a place that you can afford. Don't overextend yourself. You don't want that stress. So, you know, if you're going from home or you're renting a room somewhere, and you know you're making a thousand dollars a week, don't go and rent a shop that costs you nine hundred bucks a week because you're not going to have any wiggle room there. So makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you've got any more questions though, please shoot them through to me. Um, I'm more than happy to help. Or if you you know, want to book in for some coaching or something like that for advice on going from home or renting space in somebody else's salon to your own commercial salon, um, I am here to help you. Um, and I can definitely give you advice and coaching on that. So, just feel free to reach out and send me a DM on Instagram. It's at Lauren Lappin underscore. Now, my third question here is a really interesting one. And I've got a couple of stories to tell, but I'll try and keep it quick. Uh, This one is letting go of staff that you're too close with. For example, a family friend. Letting them go, you're just going to have to do it. You're going to have to be an adult and have that uncomfortable conversation. (laughs) Because once you're already in it, you're in it. And I would say that the pain of keeping them on, and it's not working for you, it's actually uh, hindering your progress, or it's stressing you out, it's making you feel worse, that you're actually you've got them employed and and it's just they're not performing or whatever it is, the pain of that, ongoing. I think outweighs the pain of having a five or ten minute conversation that's uncomfortable at the time, but then you can feel relief straight after. So obviously you need to observe any legalities that you might have to. You know, if they're employed in a permanent position, you may have to give them warnings, you may have to give them a written warning, et cetera, et cetera. You may have to give them a chance to improve by giving them measurable milestones, you know, you need to achieve this and this by this date, otherwise, you know, your employment may be terminated, et cetera, et cetera. If you need advice on this and you're in Australia, I recommend that you reach out to Fair Work. Don't be scared of them. They're not out to get employers. They're actually there to help you. So, you can ring them. It's free. You can ask for advice and they will give you the most up-to-date advice. And if you're in another country you know maybe seeking legal representation um there's different laws everywhere across the world depending on where you are on you know hiring and fl- firing employees but just have the uncomfortable conversation i promise it's going to be worth it i have been through this a couple of times but look i'm just going to say prevention's probably the best thing <laughs> don't hire friends or friends of family or family I've been down this road and very stupid, uh, very stupid on my part. I always try and help people and, you know, uh, that's my first instinct. I'm a, I'm a helper. I want to help people. And I have given people jobs <laughs> and it has definitely not worked out and I've been in this awkward position or they've quit and then it's awkward or, or whatever. I don't think these people listen to my podcast, so I'll just quickly recap on, on the story. but. The first person I employed was my mum, and <laughs> it was in my wholesale business, Runway Lash Co. So, uh, wholesale lash extension supplies and products. And I, I thought, you know, oh, my mum, she doesn't have much money. Um, I'm going to help her. She's going to, ret- she wants to retire from her full time job. And I thought, oh, it'd be really good because she can just come over in the afternoons and and pack all the orders for me and take them to the post office. That's going to take a real load off my workload my very full workload. And, you know, I can trust my mom. She's really, she's quite smart. You know, she's going to be good at this. And, you know, she's really good at wrapping presents. So (laughs) like she's one of those people that wraps up presents like so neat. And they look, they look like they belong in a magazine. Anyway, so I employed my mom and it was okay in the beginning. Uh, She made quite a few mistakes, unfortunately. And, you know, Mistakes are costly when you're running, you know, an e-commerce store because if you've sent the wrong product, you've either got to arrange to have it picked up and and you know, shipped back to me, or half the time I'd just say, look, it's not worth sending it back, you keep it and I'll send a replacement. So I've got to send the replacement product and I've got to send, you know, pay for postage again. And it's my time as well. So the mistakes were starting to add up and they were getting quite costly. And then there was just, you know, the emotional part of it where, you know, my mom was just, she'd message me and she'd be like, Oh, I feel really sick today. You know, can you pack the orders? And because it's my mom, I can't say, no, get to work. Um, so that made it awkward. And, you know, other excuses and things like that. And, you know, there was one day where she had something else on or she had an appointment or something and she didn't get to my house till five, and she wasn't going to make the post office in time for shipping that day and I had a guarantee on my website saying that you know all orders placed by two p m would be shipped the same day and I was just like, "Mom, if you had have told me that you weren't going to make it in time, I would have just done all this myself. I've been here this afternoon. I had the time to do it. Yes, not an ideal situation, but I could have done it. I could have made it happen and That is better than letting customers down. So, awkward situations with family members. Uh, I also employed my sister at one point to do engagement on my social media channels. And I would have thought that, you know, a 19 year old uni student would enjoy just laying in bed, liking and commenting on people's stuff for $27 an hour. But turns out she wanted to make coffees and, you know, work in a busy cafe instead which is fine, each to their own. I know what I would have preferred doing at at that age. It was certainly easier work laying in bed, liking and commenting on people's stuff on socials. And I've also employed friends. And unfortunately, that hasn't worked out very well either because, you know, I just feel like you can't be a proper boss to them. You are worried that you're going to hurt their feelings and you can't be a good mentor to someone that you're already friends with, I feel. So to avoid this situation altogether, I recommend not hiring friends, family members or family friends or anything like that, because you'll always feel like you can't boss them around. You can't be real. You can't be 100% open and honest because you don't want to hurt their feelings and you don't want it to affect your friendship with them or your connection with them or whatever. So that's my advice. You might have had a different experience, I'm not sure. That has been my experience so far, and you know, I've struck out 3 times now, so I'm I'm done. There'll only be people that I don't know that will come into employment with me in the future. So, yeah. Try not to get yourself into the situation, and if it's too late, if you're already in the situation and you need to end it, just remember the pain and suffering that you'll feel from a 10-minute conversation is far less than letting something go on for months or years that is stressing you out or is just not working for your business. So, that is all I've got for you today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this Q&A session. And I have a few more questions coming up next week. So, like I said, if you have anything you want me to talk about, please feel free to reach out. And always, if you find that you are getting value from this podcast. You know, I mentioned earlier in this episode, I'd just been at the Lashmasters conference on the weekend in Sydney. And I'd so many of you come out and say, I've learned so much from your podcast. And if that's you, if you have learned a lot from my podcast, I would so appreciate if you left a rating review, just took a couple of minutes out of your day after you finished listening to this and, you know, pop a five star re- uh, rating there and a little review. This means that the podcast actually gets pushed out to more people like you that would also, you know, find the information that I'm putting out there and helping you guys with, you know, get to them and help them as well. So, I'll be forever grateful if you could do that. But that is all I have for you today and I'll see you all online soon.